Awesome. Let's go to James chapter 5. We'll start out right where my brother and I were, were talking earlier uh, today. Let's stand really quick. Let's uh, uh, just give honor to the Lord and to His Word. Read a verse here and then, and then move forward. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. And where I want to get here is this last sentence in this verse. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this time together. Lord, we got a lot of folks out and we're looking to make some specific prayer for them as we get into that part of our service tonight. But I want you to be with them. I want you to just comfort them in the time, uh, meet needs, Father, and, and bless them as their way. I pray, Lord, that you would be with us here tonight, those and those watching out on uh, online. I pray, Lord, that you would use the message. Help me as uh, I'm just a man and uh, am in such need of your help. I pray that you would help to get it across. I pray that you would Help each that are listening to, to be able to hear to hear what you're saying and that you would work in their lives. We want to give you the night. You're an amazing, great God. Please help us in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Alright, if you'd like to sit down. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Um, God has had me thinking about prayer for a while now, and I've delivered a, a couple of messages in in our Sunday school time uh, to different groups, and still I've not been able to really get past that. So he he led me into uh, some more study on this topic of prayer. And so, question is, do you want your prayers to be answered? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> So here in this passage that we just read, it's very obvious that God answers the prayer of those that are righteous. Now, on the other side of that, if you go to John chapter 9, verse 31, it says, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, doeth his will, him he heareth. Isn't that interesting? That God is so ready and so uh, wanting to hear from us, His people, those that are righteous, but He's not listening to the sinners. Now, there is one prayer that He's listening to from that sinner, and what's that? To be saved. Amen. But otherwise, He's not, he's not hearing them. In the book of Job, go, I want you to see this. This is maybe one that you haven't seen or you haven't seen recently. Um, but in Job chapter 21, in verse number 15, I want you to see this. Uh, in this particular passage, Job is responding to, to one of those men that had, had answered him and was making accusations basically about him being unrighteous and, and having sin in his life. But Job then talks about Wicked people. He's answering this other man, Zophar, if I remember right. 
And he's talking about those sinners, those wicked people. And he, and, he, and he says here in this verse, in verse 15, this is what they say, those wicked people. They, they'll ask a couple of questions. What is the Almighty that we should serve Him? And what profit should we have if we pray unto Him? That's the thinking of a wicked person. Someone who's, who's lost. And I think that the answer to, the, to those questions are more or less built right into their questions. They don't want to serve God, right? What is the Almighty that we should serve Him? No desire to, to serve the Lord. And so then they back it up with what benefit is it going to be if they pray to Him? Well, they're right. It's not going to be any benefit. They're wicked. They're lost. They have no desire to serve the Lord and He's not going to answer their prayers. That's that. I didn't take that into account. That is very interesting. What is the Almighty instead of who? But God wants to answer their prayers, but He's looking for them to come to Him with that prayer of repentance. That's what He's looking for, that prayer of faith. Otherwise, He's not, he's not going to answer. But, again, it's so polar opposite. God hears the prayers of His people, those righteous ones, uh, and specifically those believers that have that desire to serve the Lord. So if you're saved tonight, which I hope everyone here is, uh, I want to shift the focus to us. You know, we've established that the prayers of those lost ones are not going to be heard. But for us, He doesn't, and I want you all to stay with me. Please, uh, please stick with me on this. He doesn't just answer our prayers because we're saved. Okay? There, there's more there. You can't just be saved and expect He's going to answer all your prayers. There's more to it than that. So in this message, I want to look at, I want to look at this from the negative side. We'll vote later. We can vote on the 8th, okay? Right now, we're going to look at some scriptures. So I've, I've entitled the message Hindrances to Prayer. Okay? So we're looking at the negative side. What would stop God from answering our prayers? Okay? So let's look at a few of these together. One you're probably very familiar with in the book of Psalms. Go to Psalms. Uh, chapter 66. Psalm chapter 66 and verse number 18. Psalm 66, 18 says this, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
Now, what I love about this, a lot of times we'll stop right there, but look at this psalmist here. Look at what he says as he goes on to verse 19. But verily God hath heard me, he hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Amen? So obviously, he wasn't regarding iniquity in his heart because the Lord heard him. It's very clear. So the first thing here that will hinder our prayer is sin. Sin in our lives. Very directly, God is saying here that sin prevents our prayers from reaching Him. He's not going to hear them. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah 1.15. Let's pick up an example here. Uh, lots of Scripture tonight in lots of different places, okay? So, um, just get ready. Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 15. It says, And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Why? Your hands are full of blood. Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 15. It says, I will not hear, colon, why? Your hands are full of blood. Verse 16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from, a, from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, and he goes on. Israel's issue there is, they were living in sin. They were in sin. It wasn't, it wasn't repented of. God wanted them to turn from those ways. I'll just give you this one in the book of Micah, chapter 3 and verse 4. It says, Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but He will not hear them. He will even hide His face from them at that time, as they behave themselves ill in their doings. Israel certainly had a problem, and it was a continual problem, just cycle after cycle, sin, getting out of the, getting out of the sin, repenting, back in sin, and so on and so forth. And in that verse in Micah, he hides his face from them when they're in that condition. So, if we have sin in our lives, what do we need to do? Repent, right? I mean, First John 1, 9, right? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just need to forget, uh, confess it, and He'll forgive it. So sin certainly hinders our prayers, right? Let's move on. I've got several things here, and I want us to have time to pray. Back in the book of James, let's go to chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse number 3. James here, and of course the book of James, he's, he's addressing believers in general. Uh, 
And he says in verse number 3, James 4, verse 3, he says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. I've listed this in my notes as, as a, not as a misspelling, but as selfishness. In your prayers, are you praying for a bigger house, new car, uh, More hair. <laughs> I don't need any of that. I need less hair. Uh, anyways, the point is, are you, are you praying for, for self? Now, there are some appropriate prayers for ourself, okay? Just because you're praying for yourself doesn't mean it's selfish. But if you're just wanting to advance yourself and not be more and better for the Lord... Why should he answer that prayer? Right. It says here, your idea is you desire to have something for yourself. But you have not because you ask not. You ask amiss, they may consume it upon your lust. It's a lustful thing that you want. And God doesn't honor that. He doesn't give it. You know, some, even some of the best Christians can go wrong in this matter. Let's look at Mark chapter 10. Yes, ma'am. Um, okay. <laughs> it, it may well be. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it could. It could well be. Mark chapter 10, we'll pick up several verses here, starting in verse 35. It says in Mark 10, 35, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. Oh, wait a minute. What's going on here? And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? He didn't just immediately say, hey, you're, you got wrong thoughts on your heart. He gives them the chance. He says, what do you want? They said unto him, grant unto us that we may sit, one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand, in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, you know not what you ask. Can you drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Man, if they knew what was coming for him. Yeah. But they answered in verse 39, They said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, You shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with the baptism that I am baptized with, all shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. Do you think that James and John were a little bit off track there? 
They were. They were looking for a position to advance themselves and to have an honorable spot instead of just doing what the Lord told them to do. Amen. It was a it was a problem of selfishness. So it's a key aspect in prayer. You can ask yourself the question, I need to ask myself the question, whose will am I praying for? Am I praying to advance my own agenda? Or am I praying to advance the Lord's agenda? Whose desires drive your prayers? Your own desires or His? Looking at the, the other side of this, the positive side of it in 1 John. First John, chapter 5, and verse number 14. 1 John, chapter 5, verse 14, God says this, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to my own will, no, His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the positions that we desired of Him. I think we can say, as we just laid it out, we ask according to His will, He's looking to answer that. We ask according to our own will, He's not looking to answer that. <laughs> So it's a polar opposite. Selfless prayers, no. Selfless prayers are prayers for His will, yes. So we got sin, we got selfishness. Look at the next one. 1 Peter chapter 5. We might need to brace ourselves a little bit on this one. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 5. 1 Peter 3, 5 says, For after this manner in the old time the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, that's a key word there, we're connecting, likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together the grace of life. And here it is. That your prayers be not hindered. That's what it says. Simply put, God's saying here, wives are to obey their husbands, and husbands are to value. The word honor is used there, giving honor. Husbands are to value, Strong's tells us, their wives. Husband isn't to lord over them, but to understand them, dwelling with them according to knowledge. 
is that hard just for me or can any other man attest to that? We don't think the same. I don't think like her. What makes sense to me doesn't make sense to her. Okay? But it doesn't say, likewise, you wives, dwell with your husbands according to knowledge, does it? That's a husband's job to try to understand. Okay? We've got to try to understand what's going on with her. I think we should have left this verse out. But... <laughs> it, that's why I say we might have to brace ourselves a little bit on this. <laughs> it's pretty difficult. Let me tell you. It's pretty difficult to understand them. Okay? Now, understand them. Value them. Protect them. Love them. Lead them as God would direct. We can go, I'm not going to do it, but Ephesians 5, 22 through 33 gives us more detail on that. But the point here is, what does he say right at the end of verse number 7? Somebody give it to me. Right. So if we're not doing this thing, if the husband's out of order, if the wife's out of order, if they're both out of order, we're going to have problems in our prayer life. Okay? It's, it's so difficult because these verses fly in the face of our culture. Our culture is, you see it on the TV, pop culture and all that. The husband's an idiot. No. Don't listen to him. He's a doofus. He doesn't know anything. And, and the wife is a genius. She knows everything. She controls the husband. And all is well. Well, all isn't well in that. Guys, you, you may have an incredibly intelligent wife, and she's there to help you. So, so listen to her. That's, that's part of dwelling according to knowledge, listening to her. But at the end of it, men, we have to understand we're responsible for the decisions made. So, sometimes I reject my wife's counsel, and sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm right. But either way, I'm responsible. I'll have to answer for that. So what should I do? I should listen to her. Doesn't mean I'm going to do what she says. But I should listen to her, pray, seek the Lord on it, make the decision. Yes, sir. I do know she holds that little hand up and she says, fine. Yeah. On another day, you'll find out. <laughs> so I've listed it as maybe y'all can give it a more simple terminology. I don't know, but improper spousal interaction. One or both stepping out of their role and it hinders your prayers. 
So sin, selfishness, and improper interaction with your spouse. Next one. Back in James, we're not too far from there. Yeah. Yeah. If we get selfish, then we'll get out of line in our role. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're, you're taking it from me, brother. That's all right. You're right. James chapter 1. I'm going to relieve myself of the blanket. I don't like. I don't like being cold, but I'm hot. <laughs> James chapter 1 and verse number 5. says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, that's a prayer, right? Yeah. If you're going to ask God for something, that's a prayer. All right? It says, uh, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I love that. That's a promise right there. Verse number 6, though, says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And verse number 7 nails it down, just in case we didn't get it. For let not that man, which man? The one that believed God and asked for wisdom? No. The one that was wavering, exactly. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Not just that prayer for wisdom, nothing. So, God, through the pen of James, states very bluntly that if we don't pray and believe that God will answer those prayers, we're going to get nothing. So, from the negative side, lack of faith, right? Would hinder our prayers. You say, okay, well, James says that. Anything else? Yeah, Jesus said it too. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 22. Matthew 21, 22 says, In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, what? Believing. He, he, he puts a word in there. It's not just ask in prayer and you get it. Ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Book of Mark. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, basically saying the same thing in verse number 24. Jesus saying, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Clearly, God requires faith in order to answer our prayers. We must believe that He can and will answer our prayers. If we're right with Him, right, 
and we're believing, He's going to answer that prayer. Now, if, if we're... We can get into a vicious cycle. And I want to see if maybe you can identify with this because um, I've had this kind of problem. Vicious cycle. We don't get answers from the Lord. So then we just begin to believe that's the way it is. We pray, no answers. Maybe we don't realize that, that there's some sin in our life. We can be blind to that you know, and really just not understand that we have some sin that needs to be repented of. That's possible. Maybe we're being selfish. Maybe, maybe there's constant problems in the home, in marriage. And so because of that, God isn't answering those prayers. Uh, but we don't recognize that. We're blind to it. So, well, maybe the problem's on God's side. Yeah. We might ask in our own thoughts, God, why won't you answer my prayers? In that, in that case, we're not, we're not recognizing that the problem's on our side. And we begin, begin to believe that that's normal. God just won't answer our prayer, or worse, that He can't answer our prayer, or something like that. We don't see it. This affects our faith because we don't get the answers to the prayer and so then it leads to less faith and more unanswered prayers. That's what I mean. Vicious cycle where you're spiraling down in this thing. So I, I know I've been there. Maybe you have too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So sin, selfishness, improper spousal interaction, lack of faith... Next one. We're right here in Matthew or in Mark 11. Um, next verse, verse number 25. Jesus continuing to talk on prayer, and he says, And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Now, we've, we've probably heard preaching around this concept of forgiving others and God forgiving you. That's very good. But I find it very interesting here in this passage, Jesus is connecting this to prayer. And when ye stand praying, forgive. So you can ask a question, if your heart is hard against a brother or maybe even against some lost person, and you have it in your heart that you don't want to forgive them, that bitterness, that hardness, if you have that, then ask yourself the question, why should God listen to you? Why should he answer your prayer? 
His heart is a heart of forgiveness. He stands ready to forgive anyone that will come to Him and ask for it. That's 2 Peter 3.9. We know that verse, right? God's not slack concerning His promise. Some men count slackness. It's long-suffering us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So that shows a, a longing in His heart. He's so ready to forgive. And just as soon as that lost person prays, it's forgiven. That's His heart. He wants our heart to be just like that. To be like Him. So we must not hold on to those hard feelings against people that have wronged us. I know I've had much issue with that in my own life. Some people get that and they keep it in their heart. Mm-hmm. And it's eating them. Yep. And maybe you hand it over to God and then maybe later you grab it again. That memory comes up. Oh, I'm bitter. Well, you got to hand it right back over to the Lord. Maybe you have to do that a lot. Don't let Satan get the victory in that. Amen. You know, in the model prayer, it says what? Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. That's right in the model prayer that Jesus gave. It's a heart matter. It's a matter of willingness to forgive, a desire to forgive, a longing to get right with that other person. Let's, let's look at the Matthew passage, Matthew chapter 18. Maybe one you, that's not so readily in your mind. Matthew 18.35. Matthew 18.35 says, Jesus talking here, and He says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts... Forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. It's a heart matter. So, very simply, unforgiveness. Is that a word? I think it's a word. It is very simple, but simple and easy are two different things. We tend to want to hang on to that hurt. And we forget the good so quickly, you know? All this good and he messes up in one spot. That's what I'm remembering. Because we're evil. We're sinners. We need the Lord to help us with that. Last one for tonight. Matthew chapter 18. We're right there. Same passage. Scroll up to verse number 18. Now this is, this part uh, that Jesus is speaking to uh, 
it, it comes right after he gives the process of reconciliation. Reconcil- reconciling that sin with a brother, the process to do that. And then he says here in verse number 18, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, that's a prayer, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. And then verse 20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, what he's describing here is the opposite of what I'm about to write. Verse 19 says, right there kind of, well, we'll just read it again. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask. Is this not speaking of corporate prayer, prayer inside a church, and we're agreeing together in what we're praying for? So, I think we can safely say, if we disagree, why would he hear that? If one is praying for the thing and the other one's praying against the thing, I don't think God's hearing either prayer. Yeah? Well, He's saying here that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them. So what's he waiting for? He's waiting for the agreement. You might have the right prayer. You might be the one that's right. But we're, this is, we're in the context of praying as a church, praying as believers together. We must agree in what we're praying for. So whoever's wrong needs to get right. And maybe both sides are wrong in some way. Let's look at where this plays out. An example, Acts chapter 4. Thank you for that. That was, that was good that we talked through that. Acts chapter number 4, verse number 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. This is that first church, right? When they, that first church, heard that, they, that first church, lifted up their voice to God with one accord. They were in agreement and said, Lord, Thou art God. They're praying here. 
which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Skip now down to verse number 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Here's the request. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Now, was this half the, half the church prayed for this and the other half said, we don't need that? No, they were agreeing together. And what happened? Look at verse number 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And he goes on, but what did they ask for in verse 29? Boldness to speak the word. And he gave them exactly what they asked for and filled them with the Holy Ghost. He exceeded their their request. What am I getting at? The church was in agreement. They prayed in agreement and God answered and gave them exactly and better than they asked. So kind of putting it all together, I'm perhaps leaving out some things that might hinder our prayers. Maybe you can pick up and do the next message. I don't know. But are you getting answers to your prayers? If you're not, is something, one of these things, maybe wrong? I know I need help. It should be a normal thing for a Christian to get his prayers answered. I've got this story in here, so I'll, I'll, I'll speak to it just on this point again. The most recent thing that I remember where we were right there together was youth camp. Yeah. Youth camp. We had people in here praying, and we had people in there ministering, and God did things. And the people in this room were in agreement with their prayers. And God moved. Brother Daniel and I had the exciting time to be able to lead somebody to Christ. What a blessing. Would that have happened if those that were in here weren't weren't in here, weren't praying? I don't know. We started with the verse there in James chapter 5, verse 16. That effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. A righteous man is going to be free from these hindrances, yes? That's part of how he's getting his prayers answered. He's free from these hindrances. So hopefully it's helpful to you and I would encourage you to search your own heart 
Ask God to show you if there's something wrong, if there's something, maybe one of these, that would hinder your prayers. If there is, get it right and start getting the answers. I need it too. I need to continually make sure my prayers are not being hindered. It's so important. If we don't have that proper fellowship with God, we're in full communication with Him. What, what good are we? What, what good are we going to be to somebody else who needs the Lord? How successful will our ministry be? How will our home life be? We need God to answer our prayers. But we need to make sure we're clear.